you've been listening to Brooklyn's Radio over the last month of October, uh, you'll know by now it's Pet Month on Brooklyn's. Uh, we've had lots and lots of pets come in uh, into our gallery, lots of lovely pictures, lovely descriptions of your favourite pets. And we thought it only right to get our specialists along, the uh, people that are partnering us uh, in our competition this month. It's Vets for Pets. So a very good afternoon uh, to Helen Russell and Steve Brawley. Good afternoon to you both. Uh, thanks so much for coming into us. Um, now, just to make sure that's all right, I think we got you uh, nice and loud, but we'll just check. Thank you. So let's start by talking a little bit about you guys and how you got into your profession. Helen, how long have you been uh, in veterinary practice? Uh, I started in veterinary practice in 1998, um, and obviously I'm still there now. Um, and I went into um, joining the business with Steve about four and a half years ago I think now um, so my career has taken me various places certainly in the UK referral specialists um, I've also been in Dubai for a year where I worked with exotic animals such as lions and cheetahs and uh, not just your normal domestic cat and dog wow that must have been uh, an interesting experience very very how did you find Dubai um, certainly very different, lovely and warm. Um, I do miss the climate. <laughs> I bet um, you do. I've been back 10 years, but I do miss that nice warm temperature. But yes, the animals were incredible to see. I'll bet. And Steve, how about you? When did you join in the profession? I went to university in 1977, so when I was 17 years old. I had always wanted to be a vet, and if it wasn't that, it was going to be a PE teacher. So they say don't work with children or animals, and my choices were sort of one or the other. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've been in the, the profession quite a long time. And again, like Helen, quite a varied career, um, working for a charitable organisation. I've been in industry. Um, I spent time in the army, so I was a, an army vet for a while. And then went into owning my own practices. And as Helen said, we met about six about years six ago years or ago. so. Yeah. Um, and have been business partners for the past four and a half. How long does it take to qualify in your profession for your particular roles? Nurses, um, I've got to get this right now. I'm going to say four years. Back when um, I did it, uh, we actually had work placements and um, the various routes you can go down now is you can actually go down the degree route for veterinary nursing. So that's normally about four years, but they still do a stint in practice. Um, they also do um, day release for colleges as well. So they can actually do it through um, veterinary uh, nurse um, noticed uh, colleges, just not any general college they can go to. And, and for vets, it's generally five years. I think at Cambridge, it's still six years. But they do an intercalated um, Bachelor of Science degree as well. And how are you finding now? Because you know, obviously we're in this coronavirus phase. It must have affected the practice at Byfleet pretty much. It has affected us. In, initially, uh, back in end of March or so, when we went into lockdown, although we were uh, deemed as an essential service, we could only do what was considered emergency or urgent treatments. Now, that's a bit arbitrary. You know, who decides what is emergency at the time and urgent and other people's versions? So a lot of it was left to our discretion to, to work that. Because of the lack of work, we actually had to close one of the practices and furlough some of the team. So that was a very different experience for us. Um, since then, since we've been back open fully again, we're working at about 75% capacity because of the way we have to work takes so much longer uh, we're, we're not having owners in the consulting room with us 
Sure. So we have to go out and talk to them, examine them, go and talk. So working at lesser capacity. And certainly for the vet nurses in the practice, we are no longer running our own clinics either. So we actually come in and we hold all the all the patients for the vets, which is fabulous because I think clients worry that if they're not in with their animal, what's happening behind the scenes with them. Whereas, you know, the nurses, we do know what we're doing. We're cuddling them and we try and put it as much on Facebook as possible so people realise that the pets are comfortable even being away from their owners. And for, for those of us that don't know where you're based, whereabouts are you based? Based in Way Retail Park in, in Byfleet in the village itself. So where home bargains, Halfords and um, Harveys are. Excellent. Excellent. So that's where people go. And you've been picking our winners for us each week. So thank you for that. Uh, we've had Rory. We have. Uh, who was a lovely guy. I mean, the picture of Rory the cat I thought was superb. That's uh, Penny Geiss's cat. And then last week, we I've forgotten the bit to name after Holly. 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 Holly Holly the dog yes. who had been through so much she had bless her yeah. and I think the pitch was just so sweet as well of us so yes that was a yeah, that was our definite second we're, we're still all suckers for a, a nice story <laughs> and we are indeed now what about should we announce this week's winner now so this week's winner, um, Steve and I actually couldn't decide, so we ended up getting in a third judge, and this judge um, is actually here with us today. He's quite quiet, um, but his name is Yushi, and he is a Japanese Shiba Inu, and he is a rescue from uh, China. So he had to make the decision, and the winner was Archie. Archie. So well done to Archie. Now, Archie is Rebecca's... I think it's Rebecca's. I think it was Rebecca. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so, why did you choose Archie, or why did you see? Usually chose because, again, another little rescue dog. So it's someone after his own heart. But also, um, he had a fabulous picture. Those autumn leaves that he's standing in, just beautiful photographs. So, hands down, he got that this week. <laughs> uh, thank you for that, Helen. So, well done to uh, Rebecca Baldessere and uh, her little dog, whose uh, name is Archie. As you say, in the autumn leaves. The questions come in actually, and one of them was from a little guy called Daniel who's just turned nine. He's after his first pet, and mum and dad are sort of saying, Come on, you know, I know it's uh, coronavirus, we've all been locked down, but you really need to think about things before we either get a cat or a dog. What advice would you offer to someone looking for a new pet? I think the first thing to say to Daniel is well done for asking for advice rather than rushing in and trying to bully mum and dad into this. Um, things to consider are exercise you know have you got the means to to take the dog a time to if it's a dog to walk it how much grooming the costs of feeding and veterinary care um at vets for pets we've got lots of ways of, of making that more affordable and and budgeting for it cats are a bit more independent and and don't need as much attention I mean, that's um, a very good holidays. point you raise there, Steve. I mean, I do know the costs. You know, we have a, our next-door neighbour, Oscar, who's actually entered the competition. And Oscar's he's a little uh, cockapoo, but he's been into everything. And he's yeah. so far, they had, I don't think they had any form of plan. Yes. And I think they've shelled out, you know, it's, it, it runs into the thousands because yeah. he's eaten the wrong things and they've had to rush him into hospital, etc. So how does that work? What sort of plans have you got that can help people to just eke things out? Um, well, certainly one of our plans that we have is something called Complete Care, um, and that is a monthly direct debit that kind of spreads the cost for uh, preventative treatments, so your flea treatment, your worming treatments, um, but it can have um, discounts across the board on certain blood tests that we may run, um, certainly neutering when they get to that age. So you can actually join the care plan at any point. It doesn't have to be a puppy or a kitten. 
Um, the main things that we would also say to people is do their research for pet insurance. There's a lot of people that would think, oh, we can just get a credit card and pay something. Um, now, I've got three um, Japanese Shibas, and uh, over the years, um, they've all cost me quite a bit of money, and that's me in the profession as well. And you'll need to sometimes go down the referral route, and you're not looking at a couple of hundred pounds. So if you've got good pet insurance, hopefully they should cover costs but you do need to obviously read the small print on those as well so there's lots to take on board for yeah. for taking on a new pet um the other place is to also chat to um certainly locally you have your pets at home um which obviously we are a part of the group and everybody in the store is trained on um talking about the pets that they do sell there so if you want any extra information it's worth going along and chatting to the store colleagues who can then give you the right information on your hamsters or chinchillas or whatever pets that they they have in store at that time and then they can gauge what pet is possibly suitable for you if you're living in a flat if you're living in a house if you've got lots of space so those are the things that they would look into as well great thank you uh so uh ben merrick hi to ben ben's uh, emailed and he said hi at uh, what temperature do they recommend rabbits and small creatures are brought into houses from outside hutches uh, we worry when it drops below five degrees centigrade and find very mixed information online yeah, but there will be mixed information because there's no set temperature. Uh, what you want to ensure is that your pets will get plenty of bedding so they can snuggle down and, and keep themselves warm. If there are rabbits, if there's more than one together, which we would always hope there was, then they can help look after each other, make sure they're protected from wind and rain and draughts. But if it's getting very cold and frosty, then if you can move them into even just a sheltered accommodation, like a garden shed or a garage, switching from outside temperatures to, to indoors where we're up around about 18 degrees maybe can upset them a little bit they're not used to that um, th- th- these little pets are designed to, to live outside to some extent so um, it's, it's mainly warmth and bedding and protection from the elements that are the most important bit and i think i'd say on that note as well if they have been permanently outdoor pets just think about if you do bring them indoors it may be quite stressful noisy areas um, more noise around the house with regards to washing machines tvs they're not used to that so you know if you're going to bring them indoors do it so that they can go into a quieter quieter zone if they're not used to that kind of noise Sorry, I've got another email from Daniel's mum. Uh, she's saying that, um, okay, if they, if they go for a pet, because they're now convinced themselves that they should do, um, what breeds of dog would you recommend? Is this an, an easygoing dog that will fit into the family really well? There's a good one for you. Oh, I, 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 have my fav- I have my favourites for family dogs, and uh, hopefully Barry will join me in this. I, I really do like Bichon Frise. Uh, well, we're a bit biased on our house. Yeah, because- and uh, I didn't know that before I came in today, but... Um, Bichon's other smaller breeds, um, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, they, they don't need a lot of exercise. The temperament is normally fairly steady. But again, I think if you are um, nice and calm around your pet um, and they're used to that kind of environment, you can have a very different pet sitting next to you than someone who is quite highly strung, run around, um, busy, hectic life at home, lots of noise. And sometimes we see that the dogs can be like that when we're doing our yeah. assessments. So it's difficult. I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence. I if, tell everyone to have a Sheba, but 
I've seen what my house not, looks not, like. If, if, Dan, if Daniel and his mum want to come in and talk to us, yeah, give us a call, we'll come in, we'll talk through some breeds. If they've got ideas of what they might want, okay. then we can give them specific advice about what to expect from that. And certainly exercise, so. and if the other dogs need certain stimulation and, and you know toys or everything else, so yeah, we'll have a chat to them if they want. Fabulous. Thank you. Well, we'll pass that information on to Daniel. Uh, we've got our Vets for Pets specialists here. We've got uh, Helen and we've got Steve from Vets for Pets in Byfleet. Uh, they are kind enough to uh, partner us th- throughout the whole month, uh, giving away a prize each week. Our winners so far through October have been Rory the cat, and we've had Holly the dog, and this week we've got uh, another dog called Archie. So we'll uh, be in contact with Rebecca after the show to talk about the prize that she's won. So thank you guys for donating. Uh, the, it's a, now explain what the prize is, just so people understand. So we were doing a voucher, which is a free veterinary consultation. So the value would have been £42, um, but they can come along to us and they get their pet health checks and make sure everything's okay and obviously can meet the team as well. Fabulous. Now, who else is in the team down there? Anyone else you want to give a mention to? All of them. (laughs) We'd be in trouble if we didn't. So we've got our front of house team, our reception team, who is Jackie, Marlene and Sarah. Uh, Sarah's actually joined us newly within the last three months and she's doing a cracking job. We've then got Cheryl, who's my other senior nurse in the practice. Uh, Rebecca's my part-time nurse. Um, And then we've got... Jennifer as my um, second vet in the practice and we've also got Monica working with us now and then out the back who most people tend to not realise or notice is Emily who's now our nurse assistant Um, she was actually on our reception team so she's now moved to the back and we've also got Tim who was my nurse assistant and he's now actually my student nurse. It's a big old team then, isn't it? We're a big team. (laughs) Bigger team than you realise, yes. And Vets for Vets is a it's a nationwide thing? Yeah? It it is. It's a, a the best way to describe it is like a franchise. It's, it's not quite, but it's difficult to explain differently to that. So we're under the umbrella of the Vets for Pets group, which is part of the Pets at Home group. But each of the surgeries is individually owned. So right. Hel- Helen and I have responsibility for running it, managing it, um, making sure things go effectively. But we have the backing of a big group to manage some of the back of how things HR, health <coughs> and safety, uh, marketing, things like I that. See. Okay. So the, the buck stops with us. Got it. And if I'm a human being, I've got GPs, surgeries, I've got clinics for all sorts of things, I've got hospitals that do all forms of surgery. But for pets, presumably, it's everything under one roof. What sort of services do you offer? Near enough. So um, certainly in the practice, we do neuterings. So that's um, your cat spays, dog castrates, same through virtually all the species so um cats dogs rabbits will do uh yeah i can see you <laughs> i'm grimacing a little bit of the thought but um, finger in mouth we can yeah. actually do quite a lot in house um steve will actually do some basic orthopedic work if necessary and we do get um certainly during this time we've been able to get external veterinary surgeons coming in to do some of those complicated surgeries for us um we are also part so like humans helen sorry to cut across you there are specialists that do different things so if you Absolutely. if you've got a particular piece of surgery that needs doing yes then you bring in an expert. So at that point yes, you can either that. bring in an external or they can go um, to referrals. So the same as your GP would then refer you maybe to a cardiologist or something like that. We can do that in the veterinary field as well. Great. And let's go back and talk about your pet. You wouldn't even know that your little Yushi, the dog, is here. <laughs> no, he's, so uh, quiet, he's so being well very behaved. well behaved. What, what got you into that breed in particular? So I actually started um, one of my very first jobs. Um, I had a client down there that had a Sheba. And the first thing I thought was, it looks like a little fox. That's very sweet. So I went over to chat to her. She was actually a local breeder in the area. um, And I 
went to another practice that she'd then gone to for an out-of-hours caesarean section. I was the girl that actually did the anaesthetic um, on the dog at that point, fell in love with the breed completely, and it went from there. So I rehomed her once the puppies had all gone off to their owners. Um, And then, oh, many, many years later, 13 years later, one of those puppies that I brought into the world ended up in rescue, and I actually took him on. So the love's been there. So I've had Shiva's for, oh, gosh, since... 2006 I want to say now so I'm on to my sixth Shiva now they're lovely dogs they, they do are. look beautiful I must admit in fact, I've got we've got a, a Bichon as we say called Scruffy who's a, a great friend to the family but um, I was thinking if we ever have another dog that's a beautiful dog to have now um, certain things or certain animals certain pets I'd struggle with I must admit so do you come across reptiles snakes things like that and how do you deal with them we do. We being in the store, and the store used to sell reptiles. We had, we would do some basic work with like bearded dragons or, or geckos, um, but you require specialist equipment, different drugs, investigative techniques. So we would tend to refer those to a, a specialist exotics vet who can do that, and we have a, a list of them in the area that that we can move them on. Certainly health checks and basic things we can do, but these are quite specialised creatures. Have you ever been surprised by something suddenly just arriving, though, an owner turning up with a pet and you go, goodness? Uh, only at a very young age when I worked in the uh, university vet school in Glasgow and a tiger appeared in a, uh, in, a, in a taxi and that caused us all sorts of concerns till we found out it was actually only nine weeks old and it, it was very cute, but somebody said the tiger's arrived. Um, so that's about the yep. worst of mine, but I can imagine Helen from her days in Dubai <laughs> has got some yeah, fab- fabulous, have been fabulous like, stories. Yeah, half, half the time you wouldn't even know what was coming in, but I remember um, getting into a taxi and on the front seat was a hooded falcon because they're about to take it to another veterinary practice. So they were picking me up to then go somewhere else and then they were taking this falcon and it just sat there on the front seat with its hood on. <laughs> Goodness, that's an experience. (laughs) It was slightly strange. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We started to touch on coronavirus and how it's affected your practice. Uh, Tell us a bit more about some of the things you've you've found that you've had to put up with and things that have changed maybe, uh, probably since March, I guess. Yeah, I guess guess since March, just even it was very, very strictly um, tightened down as to what we could do, and and now we're back to doing a lot more. A lot of the routine and preventative work that we do, so nurse clinics, with um, weight checks, puppy progress, as we call it, where we watch the developmental phases of them, nail clippings and, and dental, you know, examining for dental problems. A lot of those have been carried out by the nurses who are very, very highly trained in this. But because of the way we're working with no owners in with their pets, the nurses are more focused on in the consulting room with the vets. So we were unable to do those. And understandably, people and owners get frustrated with this um, and don't understand all the time about how we're having to work and however to change our practices so we would just like to sort of ask everyone just to remember that you know we're, we're all working through this trying to keep the high standards up that we, we were used to but also do it in a safe manner for our, our clients for our staff and ourselves because if we get to have to close down if we've got a positive case then we won't be able to do anything for you so 
you know, concerns, come and talk to us, but try and understand, you know, that it is a different world we're living in just now. Uh, yeah, and you're right, Steve. I think people should respect that because, I mean, it, it, it's the same, you know, the regulations that you go through now if you go to your dentist or your doctors. It's yes. changed fundamentally for people, and it's got to be the same for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's not the same type of – you're not given legislation. It's not – you're not advised about the do's and don'ts, or are you? We, we're advised the British Veterinary Association, who are our – um, I guess a representative body will give us advice to try and make us um, ensure that we're complying with government regulations. But our regulatory body, the Royal College, Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, they can dictate what we can do. And if we're not seen to be abiding by the regulation, the government advice, government regulations, then, yeah, they could take action against us. We're a very strictly controlled route. And to your point, I think you've got to be because, again, you know, as you've just said, Steve, if you get, you know, it's only one case and then the whole practice is shut down. Absolutely, which yes. Which is the same as we're all facing at the moment. Yes, you know, same yes, with yes. Brooklyn's radio and, you know, limited guests in the studio, etc. It's got to be just yeah. one of those things that we all adhere to. So, and, and, and we accept that if it's yourself and you, you can't get an appointment with your doctor or your dentist, then, then you'll accept that. But we're dealing with a, an emotionally different situation where it's the pet and, you're worried about it. They can't speak for themselves and, you know, much more emotionally charged. So we, we do understand it from our, our client's point of view, but we, we all need to work in this together, get through it and get back to whatever normal is going to be in the future. Fingers crossed. Yes. We're looking forward to that one. Thank you so much both for coming in to the studio today. Thank you for picking our thank winners. Thank you for asking us. And uh, thank you for bringing Yushi because so well behaved. He's asleep now. Oh, is <laughs> <laughs> Good to see. And we've got one more winner, I think, to come next Saturday on the programme. So we'll ask you to pick that one as well. Uh, but as I say, Helen and Steve, thank you so much for coming in today. And if you've got any more questions for the team at Vets for Pets, they're more than willing to answer them. You can email the studio or come to you directly to your website, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. And what is the website address, if people know? That's got you on the spot. If they want it? to email us. It's probably the email address, really, okay. which would be byfleet at vetsforpets, with the number four in the middle, dot com. And thanks for all the advice that you've given to our listeners this afternoon.